Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Welcome, everyone, to the MMQB Gambling Podcast, Week 15 in the NFL, Saturday Games. Starting up now, I am one of your co-hosts, Jimmy Trainer, joined as always every week by Mitch Goldich and Gary Grambling as we uh, cover the games, give you our best bets. Uh, I went four and one last week. Very nice. How did you guys do, Mitch? What was your record? J- uh, Jimmy, do you not know how I did? I, or you? I are don't you know. Certain? I was not tracking it. <laughs> well, um, as uh, anyone who listened to this show last week remembers, I went a little crazy and decided to best bet seven games which was a record, and I went one and six. Ouch. Ouch. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, br- I just, I have to say, this was not a bit. I was not like, oh, this will be a funny <laughs> thing if I uh, just pick seven games for no reason. I genuinely, I loved the board last week. I loved all the games. I felt so confident. And then it was one of those weeks where not only did I lose, it became apparent by like 1.20 or 1.30 in the afternoon what a big mistake I had made and that I was going to have a tough day. Usually so, when you when you like a game a lot, you know within like the first five minutes whether it's going to win or lose a lot of the times. Guy, how'd you do last week? Uh, three and three. Uh, the only eventful thing was uh, betting the over in that Seahawks-Jets game because the, the Jets missed all those kicks and then 
I, I left it on the TV for the second half. You know, I, I have the I have multiple devices going, so I, I had all the games anyway. But the big screen had the Jets game on, and uh, I'm just waiting for them to score their garbage time touchdown and push it to the over. It didn't come, but uh, you know my kids will sometimes slip into the room for the late games and, and sort of watch it with me. And my my eight year old just every five minutes was like, "Why is this game on? Why is this game on?" <laughs> it's like, well, your daddy has a uh, has a problem. Yeah, when you bet, <laughs> he bet me over, over in this uh, game, and now he now he needs Sam Darnold to actually move the ball against a terrible defense. Sure he was, he wasn't just say. trying to say like, why are the Jets allowed to play? Like, what? What? Why? Is that this could like, also yeah. it, you could interpret the question a lot of ways. It might yeah. have been rhetorical in nature, but uh, but yeah, that one didn't come through, and that was the only one that really bothered me one way or another. It was. A, I, I was. Just it was a say, fine. When you week. bet the over. You don't expect Russell Wilson to get pulled in the third quarter. I imagine that was the moment you knew things weren't. It was Geno. Geno Smith did his job. I, they 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 got points with Geno Smith in there. Sam Darnold didn't get points, though, and that's that's the way it goes. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll go back to Geno next year if they uh, pass on Trevor Lawrence. But uh, did anyone did anyone have – I know we had the game at two points, but did anyone have a uh, real bet on Browns-Ravens Monday night? I just had the over, so I was fine with that. Okay. And, and I know when I bet the over on my site, it was still three. It didn't go to three and a half when I saw it at probably like 730-ish. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I enjoyed the ending as a spectator because <laughs> that was uh, unbelievable there. That's, listen, when those don't hurt you, that's as good as it gets from a gambling mm-hmm. standpoint. All right, let's uh, let's kick off week 15 here and uh, see if Mitch can get back on track and see if I can uh, stay hot here. I have no oh. best bets this week. I'm just I'm going to pass on every <laughs> every game. I'll just kick it over to Gary. I uh, I didn't love the board, but here we go. Um, first game, Buffalo coming off that big Monday. That was a head-to-head Gary and I had. He had the Steelers. I had Buffalo last week as best bets. Coming off that win against Pittsburgh, minus six in Denver. Denver coming off a win in Carolina, which hurt me in real life. Buffalo minus six, the total 49, Gary. Yeah, I uh, I like the total in this one. Uh, you know, I, I think when you go out to Denver, it's always always an adventure. Broncos they played good defense this year. I know they had a, not a great week in Carolina last week, but they've been pretty solid on the defensive side of the ball. Um, if you look at what they've done over the past three seasons, so we're going back to 2018, uh, th- when they are facing a team that's averaging 27 plus points, uh, they have gone under in 11 of of, of those 12 games. 11 of 12 of those games. I guess that's a better way of phrasing it. Um, and when playing a team against uh, who has a uh, winning record, they're 15 and three going under in those games, 15 unders, three over. So um, I think this one is going over. I'm, I'm going to be very Mike Francesa here for a second and, and run off totals from there. Post November first games at home, the uh, the last two seasons we got uh, uh, forty three points, forty three points, forty four points, uh, and then this year sixty one. That was that uh, that Chargers game where they came back and Drew Lock won it uh, on the uh, on the butt catch uh, sixty one, then thirty three and thirty four. So I think this one stays relatively low scoring. You know, maybe you get weather out there this time of year in Denver. I haven't looked at the forecast yet, but uh, regardless, I do think they defend well. Uh, you know, Josh Allen has been a little bit streaky as he always is. So I think this one goes under. And as far as the sides go, I think it's a bit of a danger zone for the Bills here. I, I'd back away from it because uh, you know the Broncos are a bit of a dud offensively, but. Uh, this is a this, this is a I think it's a tougher game than people expect for Buffalo. Mitch, yeah. So I love that we're starting with this one because, as you guys know, I have sworn off Broncos games, and I will say for any Broncos fans out there, this is not 
uh, a shot at your team because it works both ways. There have been times I've picked them to win and they've lost, but there have also been times where I thought they were going to lose and they've shown up and and won or at least covered and played well. So it's nothing against the Broncos fans. I just I am off uh, on the team. It's funny. I'm I'm now imagining anyone who's watching this uh, show or listening for the first time. I'm normally very confident. I'm just I'm totally shook by my uh, one and six, and we're starting with the Broncos. But anyway, my my gut tells me as much as I don't want to weigh in, I kind of like the Bills here. Um, I you know I just they're on such a roll, and you know I think Gary, you're right that the Broncos may be a tougher game for them than a lot of people think. But I also just think that um, you know the line sort of takes into account that I thought Drew Locke was much better last week than he's been. Four touchdown passes, um, obviously, and. Um, you know, so so I think that, uh, you know, may, obviously the Bills are, are charging and playing really well, but you wonder uh, what this line would look like if it was uh, coming off the Broncos games of a couple weeks ago. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to best bet it because I'm done best betting Broncos games. But if you made me pick a side, I would lean Bills this way, just the way they're playing. Their mojo is great. I definitely, I underestimated them and they look like they're uh, charging up toward the two seed, uh, at least the three. They should clinch the division this weekend. So, yeah, you know, I do uh, – I cautiously say that I like Buffalo here. Gary and I went head-to-head last week on Buffalo-Pittsburgh. We're going to be on the same side. I love the under in this game. Uh, Gary laid out some of the reasons here. I think, uh, you know, Buffalo was playing out of their minds against Pittsburgh last week. I think in Denver now it's a little bit – going to be a little bit tougher to uh, put up the points that they were able to put up last week. Broncos defense has played well. Total here is 49. I mean, that just seems high, especially for a Broncos offense that I don't think is um, that good. I do think the Bills defense is a little overrated, but not to the point where they should struggle against Denver. So I like under 49 here a lot. I should have mentioned, too, this is a Saturday game, first game of the week. This is Saturday for a 30. The other Saturday game at 815, Carolina at Green Bay. Packers, eight and a half point favorites, total 51 and a half. Mitch. Yeah, so this one uh, is a little tough, and and I saw the line started lower and then went up to eight and a half. Um, but I do uh, I do like Green Bay here. Um, I feel like Carolina. They were like a nice story early in the season in October, and they're winning games without Christian McCaffrey, and people like Bridgewater and what he's doing. And then all of a sudden, you look up and they've lost seven out of eight games, and it feels like Teddy just hasn't progressed through the season. Like I think early in the year, it was like exciting watching him, and he made. I mean, he did well. He won all his games that he played in relief last year for the Saints. Um, But it felt like he, it feels like he just hasn't uh, taken a step during the season like you might like to see. I think Carolina's still squarely in that conversation of teams that are going to be looking for new quarterbacks, whether uh, this coming offseason or next. Um, But, you know, even though they've lost seven of eight, they do have some good losses in the mix. Like looking at their schedule now, uh, three points uh, in New Orleans, two points in Kansas City. They nearly beat the Vikings. But I like the Packers. Um, and, you know, even though you see an eight-point spread, eight-and-a-half uh, now at this point, I think sometimes you worry about, like, a backdoor cover. But in this situation, I think, you know, I like the Packers as one of those teams to keep the foot on the gas. I think it's, you know, Saturday night in Lambeau, and there's all this conversation now about Rodgers in the MVP discussion, especially after Mahomes threw three picks. And I know sometimes it's, like, it's silly to worry about stuff like that, but this just seems like the kind of team in a situation where they're going to want to put up points and put on a show on national TV and get a big lead and throw the ball, uh, you know, even if they're ahead. 
And, you know, I think they have back-to-back primetime games, if I'm right. And this just feels like one of those situations where Aaron Rodgers in particular and even, you know, his teammates, who I think like him a lot, uh, would be very happy to win a game big. So, um, you know, and it's not just him. It's a, it's a good team overall. I've said for a few weeks now, I think the Packers are the best team in the NFC. And now I think more people are saying that after the Saints lost to the Eagles last week. So even though it's uh, up over a touchdown, eight and a half now, I do like Green Bay to cover. Gary? Uh, stay away. Uh, the fact that the spread is so big, I'm, I'm not crazy about. Uh, obviously, I'd probably lean Packers if I had to pick it. Uh, and look, it's stupid to rely on anecdotal stuff, but you remember Carolina went out there last year and in the snow with Kyle Allen. Uh, they went down to the wire with the Packers here. A bit of a different Packers team and obviously a, a different Panthers team, uh, though I, I think that Panthers team is probably not as good as this current one. So um, I'd stay away. They're... We've seen the Packers put a couple of duds out this year, especially in their own stadium. The Panthers are well coached. They, you know, they've said they're going to play out the string. It's not going to be a tryout for guys uh, down the stretch here. And uh, yeah, it's it's a little too much volatility here for me. Yeah, it's a stay away from me. I don't really have a. a I I do think you know the beginning of the season there was all this talk about Matt Rule, but the Panthers have completely gone in the tank, and I wonder. Uh, now, they haven't had Christian McCaffrey, so that's an issue. Not going to have him again this week. You'd think the Packers here would get a cover, but eight and a half is high. And uh, this this here on a Saturday night standalone would be a major teaser game for me, packaged with something on Sunday. But I'm not going to lay eight and a half. Next game, the Bucks go into Atlanta as six-point favorites. The total here is 49 and a half. Gary. It can't get a good read on this one. It can never get a good read on the Falcons. Who knows where they're going to be world beaters? Who knows where they're going to uh, you know, lose by 40 points here? Uh, I'm still wondering about the Bucks here. You know, I, I was wondering how they'd be coming out of the bye. Last year against, or excuse me, last week against the Vikings, the offense was out there for 20 minutes. I mean, it was really difficult to get a read on, on what they're doing uh, going forward here. So this is a stay away from me. I, I'm never crazy about uh, road teams within the division anyway. I'd probably lean Atlanta if I had to, but uh, yeah, too much uh, too much going on here to, to get a good read on this one. Mitch? feels like a personal attack on me. Uh, now you had to bring up road teams within the division, Gary. <laughs> um, yeah, th- this is a stay away from me. The Fal- Like you said, I mean, who knows what to make of the Atlanta Falcons uh, on a week-to-week basis, on a quarter-to-quarter basis. You know, they've been competitive. They played the Saints close, and then they they get the Chargers, and it's like a, a comedy trying to see which team's actually going to win that game, um, a game that I needed them to pull out, by the way. Uh, but anyway... Um, you know, I think you've got to like the Bucks, Gary, you're right about the time of possession stuff. And also that game could have been closer if Dan Bailey hadn't missed, I think, four kicks. I think it was three field goals yeah. and an extra point last left, week. Left 10 points on the field. It was a mess. And, um, and, and you know, the Bucks, their wide receivers, I, I don't know that they've had 20 minutes all season with all of their wide receivers on the field. Um, and concerns about everybody and who's healthy and who's around. And now Ronald Jones is on the COVID list this week. Um, so, I, you know, I... I think the spread's just a little bit too high. This game wouldn't surprise me at all if it's like not just a three-point game, but like a two-point game, like missed kicks and something ugly happens or a safety or something weird, and it's like, you know, a four-point game one way or another at the end. Um, so, you know, I could see a close game. I could see a Bucks blowout. I'm going to leave this one alone. I don't have a feel on the side, but I like the over in this game a lot, 49 and a half. I think the Bucks offense is is – is fine. I think the Brady stuff is overrated. They did what they had to do last week against the Vikings. They're indoors here. I don't have to worry about anything. Gronk's starting to really roll. So I think 
Tampa puts up points, and I don't think their defense is any good. I think the Falcons put up points here as well at home. I think, you know, the Falcons, their season's over. They'd love nothing more than to, you know, do some damage to a division opponent. So I like the over. I think you'll see points in this one. Next game is a interesting one. The Dolphins at home giving a point to the Patriots. The total is 41 and a half, Mitch. Yeah, I love the Dolphins here. Um, I, you know, again, I'm being cautious uh, saying that I love picking against the Patriots, but this is a line that just really surprised me. I mean, I just think you look at these teams and and how they've trended the last few weeks. I think it's obvious that Miami's better right now. Um, And then, you know, putting aside that I think they're better, isn't this like a thing that the Patriots often uh, play poorly in Miami and that's like a trouble spot for them, even the years that, that the Patriots have been better than the Dolphins? Um, and, you know, you look at the uh, Belichick matchup against Brian Flores, and uh, they did. Miami pulled the upset last uh, season. I think it was week 17 last year, which ended up being really costly for playoff seeding. Um, and, you know, I just think I liked what I saw the, from the Dolphins showing some fight against the Chiefs last week. I know they didn't win because, um, you know, good luck stopping the Chiefs for 60 minutes, but they still picked off Mahomes three times. That defense is really legit. And, um, you know, it's a low total here, 41 and a half. And I think that's because you've got to expect the Patriots offense to struggle. Um, we saw them in primetime last week and they scored three points. So, you know, looking at this, it's, it's, it's fun. I, I think, uh, I think America it would be happy looking at a game like this and thinking that the, uh, you know, the Patriots are going to lose and be pretty much knocked out of the playoff contention. That feels like a fun thing, which means of course the Patriots will probably win and make everyone, uh, burying them look stupid because they'll take it into week 17. But no, I will stand strong and I do like Miami here. Gary. Yeah, to Mitch's point, uh, five and two Miami uh, against the spread against the Patriots at home over the last uh, seventeen, and also five and two against, uh, excuse me, straight up five and two as well. As I look at this, uh, and one of them was last year's opener. I, you guys probably remember that the forty-three nothing game. Uh, Josh Rosen got some some run in that game. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I said this a couple weeks ago when they were only given a point to the Chargers, where you know. I'm not crazy about the matchup from like an X's and O's standpoint here. Dolphins don't stop the run well. The Patriots only run the ball. They they have no passing game at this point. Uh, Patriots can go down there and win. Is is it is it a 50-50 game? No. Like this is a this is like a 65-35 game for Miami to win. This is just a it's a disrespectful spread for a, a team that's pretty good here and that's clearly better than their opponent. So I like Miami a lot in this one. Uh, and I you know. Uh, I've said this a couple times during the year, and they've sort of shown life here and there, but if you're a veteran member of the Patriots, and this time of year you're you're ramping up for the playoffs and another Super Bowl run, I mean, are you... Are you going all out? Are, are you are you playing hard down the the, the stretch here? I think you I are just, because of who your coach is. Uh, He's not going to allow it. We'll see, Jimmy. I, I just, if I'm like one of the McCordys or I'm like, uh, I don't know, Lawrence Guy or something like that, it's it's kind of like, you know what, been putting up with COVID all year. This has been a miserable season. Half the guys opted out. I think we're just going to, uh, you know, enjoy ourselves down the stretch. Go down to Miami, have some fun. Well, I, I was, the perks of going to Miami uh, in a normal season do not exist right now. <laughs> I think I think they will be having less fun than they might typically have on a trip to Miami. They will be in the hotel uh, following social distance guidelines. So you, you might think they have uh, fewer distractions. I don't know what Patriots road trips are like. They're probably very disciplined and uh, take them as seriously as anyone else in the league, I would guess. But 
Yeah, I mean, my take here is, you know, you both like Miami. Gary breaks it down 65-35. And for me, it's a stay away because I don't, I can't put the nail in the Bill Belichick coffin yet. I'm not, they're not going to make the playoffs. I'm not going to a winning record. I got all that. But Bill Belichick going against a rookie quarterback would make me nervous if I had the rookie quarterback. And I do think, now this is going to sound absolutely insane to say there could be a little bit of a letdown for the Dolphins when they got the Patriots coming into their building. But after that loss to the Chiefs last week, the Chiefs are the new Patriots. So, there could be a letdown this week with Miami. I could see it a little bit. So I don't trust the game. So that's why it's a stay away from me while you guys are both on Miami. Like I think a lot of people will be the next game that we're going to discuss is the uh, game of the day, 425 on, on Sunday there on um, CBS chiefs minus three at the saints total 51 and a half Gary. Yeah. Uh, We'll we'll see about Drew Brees. Right now, it's unclear whether he'll play or not. Obviously, uh, I I think at this point, we saw last week that Taysom Hill is probably not going to bring a team back from uh, a big deficit. The Eagles' entire secondary got hurt, and that's what kind of opened the door for the Saints in that game. But uh, you know, obviously, you're at risk of falling behind by by multiple possessions anytime you play Patrick Mahomes. But I just want to bring up something about Patrick Mahomes last week because everyone's on this sort of like, oh my god, three interceptions out of the MVP race and all this stuff. One was one was deflected by a guy who was on the ground, and then you know Van Ginkle like pops up in, in a split second and deflects the thing, and gets intercepted. Uh, and one was one was just a you know downfield throw that wasn't very good. And then he you know the the one he threw where he overshot uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, on one of those off balance throws that he usually makes. Yeah, he he missed a throw, uh, but let's let's not go nuts here. They they fell down ten nothing, and then he scored twenty one points in like a ten minute span. And the game was over. So uh, there's nothing wrong with Mahomes at this point. There's nothing wrong with the Chiefs' offense. It's it's what we thought it would be, <laughs> pretty much uh, uh, every game for the past two seasons here. So uh, you gotta like the Chiefs in this one. If Breeze plays, uh, you know maybe it turns into a coin flip type of game. But uh, I, I would lean Kansas City here. Mitch. Yeah, so, for, okay, so you hit a few points that I was going to make, Gary. First off, everything you said about the Chiefs' offense is right. They are totally fine, and I think we've talked on this podcast about the fact that they have not always kept the foot on the gas pedal the whole game. They'll get up big, they'll go through these spurts, and then uh, not necessarily take it easy, but they don't sort of have that uh, out-for-blood uh, sort of thought process mindset that they had a couple seasons ago when Mahomes threw for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. And I was going to say the same thing as you, and I kind of expect it to be Taysom. Not that I have any inside information, but I just feel like if Drew Brees was going to start, uh, we would have heard about him practicing more at this point in the week. Um, and, and so I love the Chiefs. I've said all year uh, when the Chiefs are favored by – uh, this small a number, <laughs> you've got to take them. You've got to expect them to win. They, again, they haven't really been blowing most teams out, but they have always found a way to win, except for that one game against the Raiders. And the spread here is only a field goal. So I like them to win by a field goal. Um, you know, this game's in New Orleans. And so a lot of times the home team gets three points. So the spread's only three. Is that, are they saying that this game would be a pick em on a neutral field? I don't think so. I think if these two teams played in the Super Bowl, I think the Chiefs would be favored. I don't think that's a hot take to say that. The Chiefs are the defending champs who've only lost one game, and they look great. Um, so, you know, this line's coming after the the Saints. They finally lost a game. And, and again, I don't want to overemphasize that. It happens. Teams lose games. 
Um, I didn't kill the Chiefs when they lost to the Raiders earlier in the season. Um, but there are some concerns that the Chiefs are going to have some stretch where they, you know, score two or three touchdowns in a hurry, and they might need Taysom to score some points and keep up with them, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm just, anytime the Chiefs are minus three, I'm taking them. And I'm going to hold to that even uh, through the end of the regular season, through the playoffs. Uh, I like them at this number for sure. I love the Chiefs uh, for basically almost every single thing Mitch said. First of all, you're laying a field goal with the best team and best offense in the NFL. Road home doesn't matter, especially this year. The Chiefs have the Chiefs don't try. I mean, it's that simple. And then when they decide to try, they're unstoppable. I have a feeling because they're playing probably the best team in the NFC, maybe the second best team if you want to go that way and they're on the road, I think they're going to try from the start to the finish. I don't think you're going to see the lackadaisical play you've seen in the past few weeks, which means three points should be a uh, simple cover. I mean, Taysom Hill is not going to be able to keep up with the chief offense. Again, since this is a gambling podcast, I'll give you a little tidbit here on a Thursday. I looked on the gambling site that I use to make my wagers. The Chiefs team total on Sunday is 27 and a half. I will be betting that today. And that will be my biggest bet on Sunday by far. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. <laughs> hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got, you know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot. Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. 
Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Next game is Sunday Night NBC Flexed In. Dallas San Fran got the boot. Browns Giants gets in there on Sunday night. And uh, the Browns line keeps going up. Last check, minus six against the Giants. No Daniel Jones will be Colt McCoy. Total 44 and a half, Mitch. I hadn't seen that this was at minus six. I thought we were still uh, dealing with a lower number. I mean, the big news in this game is that Jason Garrett is out with COVID. And so now it becomes the (laughs) Freddie Kitchens revenge game. I don't want to you know, gloat or sound gleeful. Obviously, we're, you know, we're wishing all the best for Jason Garrett and everybody who's out with COVID all season. And that goes without saying, and we all feel that way. Um, all that said, it you know, it's like exciting that it's going to be Freddie Kitchens against the Browns. Uh, you know, all this game is missing is Odell Beckham playing, and then it would be, uh, you know, a double revenge game. But anyway, I, I think I was going to say, you know, I was prepared to say you have to go Browns here. Um, although I, you know, I was thinking that about a smaller number. I just, I love their offense ever since Nick Chubb came back. Um, I think the Browns, they went through a little bit of a lull in the middle of the season where they lost to some good teams, and a lot of that was while Chubb was out, and I just think since he's back, he and Cream Hunt together um, are just such a good one-two punch, and they make life much easier on Baker Mayfield, and you know, you're looking at the Giants, who uh, started to have a surge of their own, and for a while looked like they were going to be the NFC East champs, now you've got uh, you know the Daniel Jones injuries last week, I don't know if he even should have been on the field, um, and so now it's going to be Colt McCoy time. Um, you wonder if this game would have been flexed into primetime uh, if they knew it was going to be Colt McCoy and they knew the Giants were going to lose to the Cardinals <laughs> 26-7. It's possible that they are regretting that now. Uh, not that we would go back to uh, Cowboys Niners, but maybe they could have found something else that we liked. Um, you know, the uh, I, I will say the under 44, if this number is still 44, that number is a little bit tempting to me. Um, I was looking at the Giants schedule. They've played four in a row and seven of eight have gone under that number. Um, or under or on that number, I think. So, you know, I don't know. My my gut says I, I like the Browns. I kind of like the under, but I just think there is some uncertainty around um, this game, just given, you know, everything going on and who's going to be out. I saw, I mean, the Giants have some injuries on defense. I saw it looks like Bradbury's going to be out. I didn't see all the other names who are going to be out. So, like, everything <laughs> says uh, I want to lean toward the Browns, but they have been uh, a surprise this season. So I think at the end of the day, given all that, I'm talking myself in circles. I think it is probably a stay away for me. Gary. 
only one Colt McCoy mentioned so far, so I'll have to, I'll have to say his name a couple of times. Uh, frankly, I mean, look, last week Daniel Jones was completely immobile. Uh, an immobile Daniel Jones is, is a worse quarterback than, than Colt McCoy, so I'm a little bit disappointed that this, this line moved a little bit because I do really like Cleveland in this one. Uh, I worry a little bit about, you know, Monday night uh, physical, emotional, draining game uh, short week, uh, you know, do, do they do they start a little sluggish here against a Giants team that's just going to try and just run it down their throats and, and run the ball 40 times in this game? Uh, we'll see. It just the Giants are going to score points. Uh, the Browns, we've seen when they're normal weather games against sort of non-world beating defenses, uh, they've been fine offensively. They they put up enough points. I don't think they're a great offense, but uh, they're a good enough offense that they're going to uh, uh, probably cover a touchdown spread here in, a, in, East, in, in, in East Rutherford is how you say it. Uh, and and one quick trend here for the Giants, uh, we, we've hit on this quite a few times over the last couple of years, 2-13 uh, and 13 against the spread as a home underdog of 7 points or less uh, since 2018. So I, I do like Cleveland here a lot. 2-13 and 13 is a home underdog, 7 points or Touchdown less. Touchdown or less, yep. Yeah, I, it's a huge stay away game for me. I could see the Browns really having a letdown after that loss. I think they'll win. I don't know about the cover. And, you know, I'm not even the under. You think the under here is a lock. I, I don't trust the Browns defense enough to take that. The Giants can't put up, I don't know, 17, 20 points in here. I mean, you, you can't. You're going to tell me this game can't be 27, 20 Cleveland. I, you know, um, I mean, Colt McCoy is not good, but he's serviceable at least. So, I, you know, I don't think they're completely dead, but I, I'm not putting my money on this game. That's for sure. Uh, the next game is the Monday nighter. Not a good one. Steelers minus 12 and a half in Cincinnati. The total is 40 and a half, Gary. Yeah, this one this one's a dog right here on Monday night. Yeah, it it's 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 a it's a tough week for primetime football. Uh I look, I, I think the Steelers are probably gonna win this one comfortably. They have issues offensively. We we've seen it. Uh Ben Roethlisberger is hampered in some way by that knee injury and I think that's that's affecting his ability to actually get the ball downfield uh, in any way shape or form but uh, this Bengals team has completely mailed it in I mean we were talking about you know do the Patriots mail it in uh, earlier in the show I mean this Bengals team looks like they would rather be anywhere than playing organized football every every week now so uh, I would guess even if the Steelers are are sort of you know, not clicking offensively they probably still win this game like you know 27 to six or something like that mitch yeah i i think you're right gary i think you have to go Steelers. um bengals their points scored the last five games working backward seven seven seventeen nine ten and the only reason it was 17 was because they had a kickoff return that was about 100 yards possibly more if i remember right so uh five games in a row the offense hasn't scored more than 10 points they are cooked and i know that pittsburgh's d is banged up but this feels like a get right game for them and, you know, the guys they have left are still good. Um, they just have fewer of them, but they still have enough talented players. This is a game they need. They, re- you know, they have to right the ship and uh, stay in that, uh, you know, in the hunt for home field and or, uh, you know, good seating or whatever. Um, their schedule, I think that they have tougher games coming up. This is a game they just have to win. Now, the other thing is we have talked about this forever, that the Steelers seem to always play down to competition and... They'll have games in the middle of the season where they'll uh, they'll just totally lay an egg and have a dud against somebody. And they did that earlier in the season. Uh, they've done it in years past. But I think that 
kind of happens more when they're coasting. Like, I think this is a situation where they they need it, given that they're coming off two straight losses, and they know it's the uh, Colts and the Browns are the two games coming up to finish the season. This is not a situation where I expect them to coast and lay an egg and win a game, like, 17-12 to 12 or something like that. You know, I think they will go in and, uh, and take care of business. And... You know, 27-14 tops. Like, I just, I don't think Cincinnati is good enough that they're going to score enough points to keep up. So even though the spread is uh, almost two touchdowns, <laughs> are, you know, are you, I mean. Are you projecting seven safeties for the Steelers on, uh, <laughs> yeah. on, on missed snaps that go out of the end zone? Maybe <laughs> uh, at least uh, at least one or two safeties. Uh, that's fun. Let's uh, get a prop bet going. That'll uh, spice up your Monday night, I think, a little more <laughs> than uh, a side or a total. But yeah, you know, I like Pittsburgh here. I love the Steelers. You guys basically summed it up. The Bengals are done. They are waiting for next year. The Steelers are going to lose their next two games. They lost the last two games. They need this one desperately. They'll get it. It'll be a blowout. If the Steelers can't cover two touchdowns against the Bengals, don't even bother with the playoffs because what, what's going to happen then? This is this should be an easy 30-3, to 30-6, 30-10 to uh, Steelers win. All right, that wraps it up for games we like this week. We're going to – Hit on a lot of games. This is the most lightning round games we've had all season. We don't want the board. So we're going to try to go through these quickly. These are games that, you know, there's a couple of good ones in here. But for whatever reason, neither. I should say the three of us don't like any of them. So let's uh, kick off our lightning round and go through these games quickly. Okay. I was very excited this week. There's a maybe it's it's snow instead of lightning because of the nor'easter we have, and you don't hear snow. So that that was a sound effect for snow in there. All right, here we go. Baltimore minus 12 and a half at home against the Jaguars, total 47 and a half. Mitch, yeah, um, Baltimore obviously dangerous right now. It feels like they fell off the map a little because they lost three straight. But you go back and look at those games. It was they had that debacle against the Patriots, and then it was the Titans, and then the Steelers in that Thanksgiving game that got rescheduled. Um, you know, and then earlier in the season, their losses were the Chiefs and the Steelers. So like their their five losses aren't bad. That gets them to eight and five. It feels like they're having a good season, but um, you know people aren't high on them because they're. Well, I guess people are higher on them now uh, than they were two weeks ago. But, like, you know, they're eighth in the AFC and they're not 14-2 and two like they were last year. But it still feels like people are underestimating them. I think they're going to find a way to get in the playoffs. Um, you know, the Jaguars, they're fighting hard. I think we all feel the same way about how this game's going to go down. And it's just in the lightning round because the spread's a little bit high. If you maybe pick one, I would lean the Ravens. But it's a little bit too high. I think Gardner Minshew coming back, I do like his uh, backdoor cover uh, capabilities. I think he's better than Mike Glennon. So... Um, you know, if it was another week at Glennon, maybe I would uh, go all out and pick the Ravens here. But uh, the backdoor cover scares me off just a little bit to put it in the lightning round. But I still lean Baltimore. Mitch. I mean, I'm sorry, Gary. <laughs> same, same thing here. I mean, look, I, I had the under in Jacksonville, Tennessee last week, and, and that was coming in really easily until the Jaguars went to Minshew, and then I was sweating out a little bit. Still didn't come close, but uh, uh, Minshew's the best quarterback on that team. I, I, and I don't even think he's a great quarterback, but he's... <laughs> He's so much better than Glennon and Luton. I don't know why he didn't play last week or he didn't start last week. Uh, I, whatever. But, yeah, I, I'd lean Baltimore, but I'd stay away. Well, I'm glad you clarify that you don't think Gardner Minshew is a great quarterback. Because then I'd have to ask you, like, what you consider Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I, I mean, I listen, the Ravens should blow him out here, but the line is high. So um, I'm not really comfortable laying that 12 and a half. So stay away from me. Next game, this uh, I, I I had it written down. I crossed it out. I may go back to it. 
Colts minus seven and a half against the Texans total 50 and a half. I'll just go first on this one because I, I almost I, I had the Colts written down as a best bet. And then I crossed out that that half on the seven. I think the Texans are done, but Deshaun Watson scares me uh, still. Um, but I do. Um, I've come around on the Colts. Took me a while, but I'm there now. Uh, they should be able to win this game fairly easily. Um, I'm just torn about whether or not to best bet it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 the Watson factor, right? I mean, he was a he was a botched snap away from uh, beating the Colts a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Texans are probably checked out. I think they probably get blown out. But uh, again, division rivals, and you look at these two teams. Uh, the Colts had a, a 14 point win in the playoffs, the 2018 playoffs played in year 2019. Uh, but other than that, their last, uh, you know, going back to the start of 2018 season, three point game, three point game, seven point game, three point game, six point game. So uh, they play each other close uh, when that spread inches over a touchdown it's it's tough to tough to uh, go mitch i am uh i'm the last person i'm hopping off the texans bandwagon you guys know i've loved this team all year and i said i was the last one i'm finally renouncing the texans uh you lose 36 7 to the bears and i hop off i still i love deshaun watson too and think he keeps you in every game but he is uh, quickly running out of people to throw the ball to. And Jimmy, I'm with you. I, I've sort of begrudgingly come around on the Colts. I was low on them coming in. I did not think that the Philip Rivers signing was going to work out great for them. And then I think the first two or three weeks of the season, he threw a couple interceptions that were like confirmation bias for me. And I was like, okay, that's proof that I'm right. Uh, but he's been better. And, and yeah, I like the team. They had that one blip against Tennessee when they basically didn't have their defensive line in place. Uh, and they let Derrick Henry run all over them, which, you know, Derrick Henry does to most teams. But, um, yeah, you know, I like the Colts, but I'm, I'm not going to best bet against my Texans, even though I'm totally off them. Here's another one I toyed with for a long time, but I, I can't I can't do it with, with Dwayne Haskins or whoever it's going to be. Alex Smith not playing most likely. Didn't practice, not practiced all week. And so it's the Seahawks giving five and a half in Washington. And uh, the total here is... 44 and a half. I mean, I, I you know, if, if Noah Smith is there, I definitely lean under, but um, I'd love to grab five and a half, but I just can't do it when uh, Alex Smith will not be quarterbacking the Washington football team. Mitch? Yeah, I feel the same way. And also Antonio Gibson being out is a big yeah. loss too. I think he yeah. really broke out this season and made life easier on whoever was quarterbacking. Um, but yeah, now going back to Dwayne Haskins without him, I think that's a lot to ask. It is a uh, patented body clock game for the Seahawks, although we have talked before that Seattle is like the one team in the league that bucks the trend. And uh, I don't I don't want to say that they uh, particularly cover all the time. I forget what the stats are, but I know that it doesn't hurt them as much as it hurts many other teams. So, you know, I, I like Seattle to win the game for all the reasons um, that we've said, uh, but... Yeah, five and a half seems like a lot uh, for a team flying east. So this is one I'm, I'm going to leave this one alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you guys are you guys are talking about this Washington offense. They even tried to score points in like the last three weeks. <laughs> They're just letting the defense do that. That offense they ran in the first half against uh, the 49ers when Alex Smith was still in there. They were completely disinterested in actually moving the ball are, forward. Are, but the 49ers are a very good legit defense. The Seahawks have no defense. Uh, Josh Allen didn't think so. They got no pass rush. You can move the ball on the 49ers if you want to. They just aren't interested in doing it. They're they're just going to punt and wait until someone makes a mistake. I'll, I'll tell you why I'm, I'm staying away from this game, though. Yeah. Uh, 
possible rain in the forecast in in DC in this game. That turf is is trash. It's always trash. It's it's basically loose gravel and dirt that's just like spray painted green for uh, uh, the sake of television. And I mean, this game could be just a, a total mess. Uh, it, but we'll we'll see. I'm I'm not I'm not going near this Washington team at home on a crappy day. You're uh, giving me flashbacks to the game last year. I want to look up the exact score and make sure I get this right. I remember I best oh, bet. Oh, the 49ers the 40, out there. Yeah, I had the yep. 49ers. This is what I thought. It was a 10-point spread, and they won the game 9-0 in the rain in Washington, and I didn't cover on that one. That was, that was a traumatic uh, bad beat for me last season. Um, so, yeah, if it's another one of those games, I'm happy to be uh, far away from it. The next game, I have a feeling that you're going to get similar analysis uh, with the Jaguar-Raven game, and that's Tennessee minus 11 at home against the Lions. Total 51 and a half. Gary. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds like no Matthew Stafford, and I don't know how the Lions would be competitive. We saw them lose every game without Stafford uh, a year ago, so you got to like the Titans more in this one. I can't imagine anyone uh, actually placing money on the Lions right now, and, uh, well, you know me, if I'm saying that. Uh, it's, it's gotta be true. So yeah, you lean Tennessee here. Uh, the Titans do have a habit of playing down to their competition, which makes you a little bit nervous, but, uh, boy, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's impossible to come up with a justification for the lions, uh, coming within a possession of a, of a NFL opponent right now. Mitch. I was surprised. Chase Daniel has only started five games in his career. He's been around forever, but, uh, you know, I would have thought he would have gotten at least one season with a little more run than that. Mm. Um, not that that particularly changes my opinion of uh, his abilities or this game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I feel the exact same way. Um, feels like the Titans are going to also get ahead and just feed Derrick Henry. I think now people are starting to realize that 2,000 yards is in range. and People are talking about him as a possible MVP candidate, which I don't think is going to happen. But I could see why they'd want to just feed him. Uh, although maybe they'd be better served uh, if they get a big lead, just letting him uh, <laughs> letting him sit on the bench and uh, maybe let uh, Dante Foreman get some run. I like him. He's a very underrated uh, <laughs> guy. He's like a third uh, running back or whatever. But, but, uh, my, uh, prop, my uh, prop bet, Dante Foreman over 25 and a half yards rushing in this game. That's, uh, that's where I'm looking for uh, to spend my money. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Titans should blow them out. I don't even know why I'm not best betting Tennessee minus 11. I guess I just see that 11 to get scared off. I'll put them in a teaser and, and be happy with that. Next game, the Vikings minus three at home against the Bears. Total 47 and a half, Mitch. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this game. Uh, my gut says go Vikings here. I do think they're better. Um, they won, They beat the Bears 19-13 back in Week 10, which feels like a lifetime ago uh, for both teams. I know the Bears finally snapped that six-game losing streak um, with that win we talked about earlier against the Texans last week, but I don't know. I, I'm still I'm so far out on the Bears that it feels like it's going to take them more than one week to get back in my good graces. So I can't imagine uh, picking them here. You know, my gut says Vikings, but I don't have a strong uh, a strong feel. Gary. Yeah, I'd, I'd lean Vikings too. But again, it was Foles when they played in, in Soldier Field earlier. Foles had no chance of, of functioning behind that offensive line. Trubisky gives him something of a chance because of his mobility. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a coin toss. The number's right. I, I'd stay away from this one. I'm still stung from the Vikings burning me against the Cowboys, so I'm off their games. And I can't bet – I can't watch the Bears. I cannot watch them, so it's a stay away from me just for that reason. Sorry I don't have a gambling insight into it. I just can't sit there and watch the Bears. Next game, Niners minus three in Dallas. Total 45, Gary. 
I guess I'd lean Dallas a little bit. Uh, again, this 49ers team, they don't have a pass rush. And, you know, Andy Dalton gets frazzled when he faces teams with a good pass rush. And even though his offensive line is banged up, they can handle this 49ers pass rush here. So uh, I lean Cowboys here. I, you know, I'm not not crazy about it. I'm bullish on, on the fact that maybe the Cowboys defense turn things around or are getting used to this Mike Nolan system a little bit more, but uh, we've, we've talked about it. There are games where they just don't tackle. And if you're not going to tackle these 49ers backs who can break off 80 yard runs, it's, you know, they're going to lose this game anyway, but I'd lean Dallas and, and not feel very good about it. Mitch. Yeah. I lean 49ers um, for some of those reasons, just that they're going to run the ball and I think especially hearing some of the comments that Shanahan has made about Nick Mullins this week, uh, sounds like he might be on a short leash, or at least they'll just keep it out of his hands. <laughs> uh, then again, as a uh, Raheem Mostert fantasy owner this season, I can tell you it's been frustrating with him in and out of the lineup. Uh, it could be a big Jeff Wilson game, but I just think I think they're going to try and run the ball 30 times and uh, shorten the game. I don't know. I mean, the thought of uh, the thought of betting on the Cowboys and banking on their turnaround, I don't love. And, uh, you know, I hate this game. This was flexed out of uh, prime time for a reason. Uh, <laughs> and I think it, it, you can just bury it. Fewer people will bet on the game. Fewer people will watch the game. And I think that's just for the better. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 if, you, if I had to pick the game, I'd go Niners. I just don't trust the Cowboys. It wasn't like they, you know, blew out the Bengals last week. And, and that was the Andy Dalton revenge game. Now he's got no motivation against the Niners. So. <laughs> I would bet the Niners. Better coach. Much better head coach. Take a chance there. Uh, next game. This is an interesting one. Rams. I'll tell you, if it was 17, I probably would have best bet them. 17 and a half point favorites against the Jets. The total is 44, Mitch. It's funny you said that. I'm looking at my notes, and I had written down, if it was 13, I could see myself betting it. Yeah, I mean, we all feel the same way about both of these teams in this game, and I, I think the reason it's in the lightning round is just because the line is so high. I don't know. I mean, like I said earlier, Russell Wilson was pulled in the third quarter against the Jets last week, so you wonder if uh, if that's going to happen again. But even if it does, I mean, you can't have a backdoor cover unless you actually score some points, and mm. I don't know if the Jets are going to be able to do that. <sighs> I'm just I mean, while you guys talk, I'm looking up the Jets, the rest of their opponents. I want to see if the, a line will get that high again. So you guys, you can talk <laughs> to Gary while I. That's, I'll toss it to Gary because I don't have much else to say. I'll just yeah, look, look at the Bengals too. See what they're going to do down the stretch here. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, look. I bet the over last week in Seahawks Jets because I figured, hey, yeah, Jets are going to score a garbage touchdown or two. I mean, Sam Darnold's got to sort of replenish his stock going into the offseason when he's probably going to be looking for a new team uh, and all that stuff. And they just they didn't. And then they got the ball back with two minutes left and just essentially ran two running plays and, and just left. So, yeah, I, you know, I'd lean Rams here. That That's an absurd line for uh a Rams team that doesn't put up a ton of points. And on top of that, I just, I, I can't imagine the Jets just not scoring points in back-to-back weeks in this situation with Darnold uh, under center. And again, just looking to recover his stock in some way, shape or form. Yeah. I mean, I would pick the Rams. If I, if I was betting it, I'd bet the Rams. I, I take the chance on the half point. I'm not going to best bet it, but how do you how do you go to the Jets in this one on the road here against the Rams team that needs the game? Uh, last game, yep, last game is uh, an interesting one here. There is a play I like in this game, but it has nothing to do with this podcast. I'll tell you, uh, the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals are minus six at home against the Eagles. The total is forty nine. Again, the team total for the Eagles in this game is twenty and a half. I think Jalen Hurts will top that, so that'll be my play. I'm not picking the. I, I, 
I, I want to bet the Eagles here plus six because of Jalen Hurts. But again, it's a rookie quarterback going on the road. Arizona's defense is decent, pass rush. So I'm not going to go there. Um, and that's all I have to say about that, Gary. Yeah, I, two things bother me about Hurts. Uh, one, I, I don't know why the Saints seem to be so caught off guard by all the read option stuff. Uh, it seems like that's what you're going to do with Jalen Hurts. It is a it's a limited passing game. Uh, now, of course, Jalen Hurts is not going to do the uh, multiple boneheaded things that Carson Wentz did every week. So you're taking the turnover, uh, you know, factor out of that. But uh, if C.J. Gardner Johnson. <laughs> Hangs on to that pick six at the in the fourth quarter on Sunday. Are, are we all thinking about Jalen Hurts differently this week? And well, he was and able saying, to move the know, ball though. Like with Wentz, they couldn't even move the ball. At least here, the ball was moving a little bit. Yeah, and yeah, and, and again, quarterback, it, it, you're going to get that. There could be a pick six in this game very easily. Yep, it was it was it was big plays. Uh, you know, big running plays, uh, chunk plays like that. I I. I don't know. Is it sustainable? I hope it is. I mean, I I, I hope Jalen Hurts plays well, and this is an interesting game. But uh, I don't know. My sense is just well, our Cardinals put up 24 points, and the Eagles hang around like 10 and 13, and and that's uh, that's that. And I'm not crazy about the Cardinals, and that's why I'm staying away from this one. Mitch, Gary, I think the NFL takes economy is sophisticated enough that. Surely we wouldn't change how we judge Jalen Hurts based on the performance of his team's defense after some players got hurt in the middle of the game. I, uh, I can't imagine that changing people's minds. Um, so I, uh, speaking as an Eagles fan, as you guys know, uh, and I, you know, I never hide it. I mean, last, last Sunday was awesome. Like, I know some people are mad about the draft position and they'd rather lose out and get like the fourth or fifth pick of the draft. Like, come on, that was a great game. After a, a horrible season we've endured, it's fun to uh, watch them play well, and at least it's exciting to see what Hurts can do. Mm-hmm. Now, I know a lot of people are also saying it makes the offseason even more complicated, um, given that there's now a bigger quarterback controversy than uh, if he had played poorly. But, I mean, come on, you know, you want to watch your team play well, you want to watch your young players uh, show some promise. Again, it, Rookie quarterbacks, sometimes they are surprising. You're right. The Saints seemed caught off guard, especially in the first half by Hertz. And you wonder if now Arizona has a game of film and uh, knows what to expect, although they should have already known what to expect. Um, so we'll see. I mean, for all these reasons, it's a stay away for me. I, I do. I, I kind of like the Eagles. I'm sort of afraid to say that out loud. Um, the injuries in the secondary are a concern um, on the Eagles part. I think the Cardinals are also banged up. Um, and I, you know, a bunch of guys were not in practice today, uh, Thursday, but um, they're going to have some guys like questionable. We don't know who's playing Sunday, but I mean, that's the case for pretty much every team in the league at this point in the season. Um, so, you know, I, I want to say that I like the Eagles, but I just, I can't bring myself to actually uh, best bet it or fully just like say that sentence out loud. I have to just kind of uh, do like a half mumble and then just kind of trail off and, and never actually get to my point. All right, well, that wraps up the board for week 15. We've covered all the games. We will now try to uh, get some success going here in our best bets segment. Just three this week. Uh, My two sides are Browns minus six at uh, Giants on Sunday night, and I've got the Dolphins minus one against the Patriots at home and uh, going one total that uh, under 49 in Broncos bills. I think you like two, Jimmy. I do. I have four, and that's one of them, under in Buffalo, Denver, over in Tampa Bay, Atlanta, 49 and a half. Chiefs minus three, Steelers minus 12 and a half. Mitch. All right, I have four, and uh, we've got we all like a lot of the same things this week. So I like that 
Uh, Dolphins minus one against the Patriots with Gary. And then I've got two where I'm with Jimmy, those uh, Chiefs minus three in New Orleans and the Steelers covering that 12 and a half in Cincinnati. And then uh, thought about joining Gary with the uh, Browns there, but I'm going to leave that one alone. And for my fourth game, I'll go Packers minus eight and a half against Carolina. So I'm on uh, four favorites this week. Can't possibly go worse than last week did for me. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. You won a game last week. <laughs> I guess I, I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. I should say. But. All right. Well, we're, I like this. We're all on. I got, I'm got. i on with something with you. I'm on something with Gary. You and Gary on something. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to keep an uh, eye on for week 15. All right. That wraps up this edition of the MMQB Gambling Podcast. We thank you for listening. And uh, we will see you next week for week 16 right here on the MMQB Gambling Podcast. Good luck with the week. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.